Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. It's the official start of the holiday shopping season, the time we start counting down the shopping days until Christmas, even though you've likely seen Christmas decorations up at major retailers for weeks already. A number of Native retailers are working to bring gift shoppers through the doors or into their online shopping carts. We're talking with a number of Native-owned businesses about how they're reaching customers and we'll get their projections about the retail business climate. That's coming up after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. Efforts to restore bison in central Wyoming could hold the key to strengthening ecosystems and economies across western states. Eric Galatis has more. Eastern Shoshone tribal member Jason Baldus is working to bring buffalo back onto tribal lands to roam freely, starting with a small herd on the Wind River Indian Reservation in central Wyoming. He says restoring a wildlife economy will require a shift in vision for land management away from the status quo driven exclusively by dollars. But for Native people, a healthy environment is much more valuable. And so as we restore bison to the landscape for their keystone role as an ecosystem engineer, then we're restoring the land and we're thinking more about biodiversity and the interconnectedness of all these beings that are here. Unlike grazing cattle that decrease plant and animal biodiversity critical for ecosystems, Baldus notes bison increase biodiversity by creating food and habitat for hundreds of species. Their dust bathing creates micro depressions important for seed dispersal and water accumulation. Their hooves naturally aerate the soil. Every winter they put on a new coat which becomes available for many species of birds when they shed in the spring. For thousands of years before America's first residents were stripped of their lands and food supplies, the health and wealth of Native communities in the region was directly connected to bison. Baldus says despite being separated for 130 years, the animal is still very present in cultural belief systems, including their annual Sundance. It's in our sweat lodge ceremonies. It's in our house ceremonies. We still have songs about the buffalo. That animal historically was our life's commissary. It was our store. It was where our food our medicines, our tools, our material came from. The eastern band of Shoshone were also widely renowned as buffalo eaters, and Baldus says bringing herds back to western lands managed as wild animals will also help tribes heal. We have the highest rates of diabetes and heart disease and other health-related issues because of the removal of buffalo from our diet. So incorporating that back into our diet again is very important. It's the highest in protein, minerals, and vitamins, and the lowest in fat and cholesterol than any other meat. This is Eric Galatis reporting. Miss Indian New Mexico 2022 says she's a cultural ambassador, role model, and public servant. Alicia Coriz is representing the 23 tribal nations in New Mexico, but says she's also serving the state as a whole. As well as un understanding that this title is a pillar of hope for all of our communities. And it's also a another space for me to you know, utilize this platform to call forth and inspire others to, you know, continue to be the solutions to their community's needs. The Miss Indian New Mexico pageant includes traditional talent, traditional skill, contemporary talent, personal interview, and knowledge about New Mexico. She ran on a platform of empowerment through community building. When we get our, our community people together to 
you know, have conversations and connect with one another and continue to build a deeper understanding of the issues and the impacts that, you know, the challenges that we face. This is a time where we're able to meet and con continue to build community together. And that's all part of how we honor ourselves through kinship, through community. And as well as when we find that connection, we feel that we have the support system. We are building that system in order for us to feel empowered, to have a voice and continue to regroup as, as a community and find the solutions and be the solutions. Corey's will serve a year as Miss Indian New Mexico. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by Ramona Farms, offering wholesome and delicious foods from our heirloom crops as our contribution to a better diet for the benefit of all people. We are honored to share our centuries-old farming and culinary traditions online at RamonaFarms.com. Support by BNSF Railway, proudly supporting the nation's economy by moving the goods that feed, supply, and power communities across the country. More at bnsf.com slash tribal relations. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce, wishing you all well on Native American Heritage Day. Many Americans woke up this morning with a fridge full of leftover turkey and a Christmas shopping list. And over the next four weeks, many of us will visit shopping malls, local mom and pop stores, and online retailers getting ready for Christmas. Businesses are working extra hard this time of year to earn your business. A big portion of their annual sales come during these final weeks of the year. And this year, retailers face numerous challenges, including high inflation that limits people's ability to spend, continued supply chain struggles, and a lingering worker shortage. Today, we'll talk with Native retailers to get their take on the business of holiday shopping and get some tips on how customer-based Native businesses can stand out. We certainly want to hear from our listeners, too. Will you support Native-owned business this holiday season? Call us at 1-800-996-2848. We'll get your comments on the air. Speaking with us first from Albuquerque, New Mexico, is Angelo McCorse. He's the owner and co-founder of Bison Star Naturals. He is Taos Pueblo. Angelo, welcome to Native America Calling. Good morning. Thank you, Sean. I'm happy to be here. Yes. Currently, I'm at the Rio Grande Arts and Crafts Fair here at the Expo Fairgrounds. So if any of you listeners are in New Mexico, come on down. Come check us out. Well, sounds like you are really busy. And Angelo, Black Friday, it's officially arrived today. But I'll tell you what, bro, you could have fooled me with all the Black Friday emails flooding my inbox for the last few weeks. Are, are you gearing up for a busy day? Most definitely. So I'm very happy because myself, I'm here at the... Rio Grande Arts and Crafts Fair in Albuquerque, and my wife and my daughter and our crew back home in Taos, they're opening up a brand new retail space in the town of Taos. So we can be located now 
in the town of Taos and at the Taos Pueblo Reservation um, with our Bison Star Naturals headquarters next to Taos Mountain Casino. So we're double timing. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. You folks have uh, been in business now for over four years. One, you've had a location there in the Pueblo for a long time, but now you'll be outside of the Pueblo. And do you think uh, having that store outside of the Pueblo is going to expand uh, the amount of customers that you can serve for folks that maybe live in, in Taos and some of those surrounding communities? Yes, most definitely. So we're just trying to diversify and expand our reach. And uh, the workshop that we had built in our home community of Taos Pueblo, we had only been operating in, out of it for about a year and a half, and we quick, quickly outgrew its capacity. And so that made us want to expand into town. And so now it feels like Bison Star Naturals has grown up, and you know we sent it off to college in town, <laughs> and it's paying <laughs> its own rent now. So you know, it's, it's a great growth phase for Bison Star Naturals. I want to ask you about the city of Taos, now that you folks have a location there within the city or near the city limits, because last time I was up in Taos, I noticed that the plaza, I mean, when I was a kid growing up, the Taos Plaza was just rocking, just nonstop, galleries everywhere, just tons of shoppers, tons of tourists. And the last few times I've been up to Taos, it doesn't seem to, to be as big a draw as it used to be. What's going on there? And, and is that something that's on your radar? Most definitely. So what I think is my personal take is that over the decades, Taos uh, Plaza has become more of a, uh, like, dominated by the arts. And um, prior to that, it was a little bit more community-oriented where, you know, you had, like, a a home food store on the plaza you used to have like a post office there used to be you know um like almost like a little diner um so there was places where you could eat that aren't restaurants but that were more community oriented businesses but um i think these days you know it's just um a little bit more of an art dominated scene it's not so much like a community scene there on the plaza except for saturday mornings during the spring, uh, summer, and fall when they have the Taos Farmer's Market. And that's when the whole community, you know, takes over the plaza and everybody sets up their booths and um, sells all their fresh food and all of their awesome uh, natural products. Mm. Well, tell us more about Bison Star Naturals. I know you have a lot of bath products. And uh, what are you folks uh, really excited about for this holiday shopping season? Yeah, so we're a small uh, body care products company based out of Taos Pueblo. We're super excited to be manufacturing our products out of our homeland, and we specialize in lotions. That's what we're most popular and well-known for is our light, silky formula. You know, it soaks in quick, uh, moisturizes you good, but doesn't leave you feeling oily or greasy, and that's why a lot of folks like our lotion. But as far as what's exciting and new uh, for this holiday season, if you'll be shopping with us uh, for this Black Friday weekend or for the holidays, you'll find that we're making these awesome gift sets with little uh, gift baskets, uh, woven gift baskets. And um, also, we're excited to uh, be releasing some new products into the new year. So we'll be releasing our hair care line into the new year, and we're really excited about that. Angelo, I was on your website. Looks like some really cool stuff, but at the same time, there's just so many places where where shoppers can go and, and purchase soaps and lotions and things like that. And and what's special about Bison Star Naturals as opposed to all those other products out there on the market? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I appreciate you asking. Number one, we're a you know a family based company, so you know small family owned and operated. You know, there's no mega corporations or 
um, anybody like that involved in our production and manufacturing. And then also we use natural and organic ingredients and we omit any unnecessary like preservatives or harsh chemicals um, that are often found in a lot of the body care products that you can find all around. And, you know, that's why I'm proud to be um, a small batch creator. And um, I'm really happy as well that uh, there's a demand for clean and healthy body care products out there now that people are a little bit more aware of, um, you know, what's going on in their skin and they're a little more aware of how to read labels and see what's actually going into these products, you know, because a lot of the harsh uh, chemicals and preservatives, they're inexpensive and cheap. So you can, you know, make a lot of products if you utilize those kind of ingredients. But I'm just happy to have a high quality, you know, formula that is a clean body care. So it's great for the babies, the elders and uh, everybody in between. Really, really uh, inspiring to to learn about this business and and these different products that you have and and, and you mentioned these large corporations that that sell products and, and they don't always use the best ingredients and things like that. But I'm also curious, Angela, with regard to, to competition when it comes to pricing your products because those big manufacturers you mentioned they enjoy economies of scale and they can sell stuff like soap and lotion at that lowest possible price point. They can just get right down to that bottom penny and. How do you convince people to spend a little extra with Bison Star Naturals? Yeah, most definitely. I think that um, if a lot of folks that shop with us, they've had bad experiences and they know what's good on their skin or what's not. And, you know, um, a lot of the times folks are just looking for clean, natural body care products. And so they're willing to pay uh, the price because similar to like with the farmer you know you'd rather pay the farmer for good high quality produce that's nice and clean and that's going to treat your body really good rather than paying really low cost um for like fast food or you know just for um anything that like the the, un the unhealthier it is the cheaper it is and more accessible it is which is really funny and so that's why i like to equate it to you know it's just like farming You'd rather pay the farmer or you pay the creator than pay the doctor later for all the negative effects that <laughs> the food and the products you buy put into your body. You know, so you're either going to pay the creator or the farmer or you're going to pay the doctor. I guess you get to choose which one you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. It's so easy for people to kind of not see the big picture like you describe and just get immediately taken in by that lower price. But but then again, times are tough and uh, and people do, you know, with inflation and things like that, some folks just have a little bit less money to spend this holiday shopping season. And earlier and uh, when we started the show, I, I mentioned, you know, some of these challenges with shipping and, and getting good help and, and being able to, to retain employees. Are you folks facing any of those uh, economic pressures this holiday season more so than in the past? Uh, yeah. So, you know, we've definitely uh, um, experienced the lingering effects of uh, supply chain shortages, you know. Um, so it's kind of uh, slowed up a little bit of our new product launches, but, you know, we're very optimistic and we just keep on um, working hard every day to make this happen, you know, because there is speed humps in this uh, entrepreneurial journey, you know, this highway, uh, you, you definitely have to um, pay attention and adapt. And um, yeah, as far as employment goes, um, we're excited that, you know, we're a cool company that, you know, puts off a good youthful vibe and we have awesome clean body care products. And so we're attracting a nice, um, you know, uh, employee base, but of course, um, we're super excited because now this expansion into the town of Taos is going to allow us to hire more help. And, you know, um, 
we're thankful for the folks that do like to work and um, are excited to get back to work after the last couple of years, you know, and so um, we're all open and we're definitely looking to grow our Bison Star team this year. So we have two places now to um, fill with uh, employees. <laughs> Well, tell us more about the customers that you folks market to. Uh, are, are most of your sales in person at these two retail locations, or, or do you do the bulk of your business online? Sure. So when we first started, um, the bulk of our business was in person at these different retail shows like arts and crafts fairs, um, artisan markets. And then when the pandemic hit, it uh, forced us to pivot. So that way we were able to really beef up our online marketing and marketing strategies. And uh, it drove a lot of traffic to our online sales. So during the pandemic, primarily it was online sales that carried us through. And once the pandemic was over, we hit the road again. And we definitely started making more um, contacts. And along that time, we were able to expand our product line. And we were able to um, have different sizes of like our lotion and our, our soaps and liquid soap. And so what we've now pivoted to is to transition from being a primarily retail um, business to focusing on wholesale. And uh, so we're excited to have over 40 partners across the country and where you can find our stuff on shelves um, all over the nation. So we fit really well with uh, outdoor lifestyle um, uh, institutions, brands, and companies. And so, you know, we, we can be found in like the Yellowstone, um, Old Faithful Geyser uh, gift shop. We can be mm -hmm. found in airports like the Albuquerque Sunport. Um, the Angelo, we're going to have to Sky take Harbor. a break. I'm sorry, we're going to take a quick break. But folks, we'll be right back on Black Friday. The four-day weekend kicks off the time of year when we think a lot about food. On the menu on Native America Calling, host Andy Murphy fills us in on some selected Native holiday food traditions and some new places with Native food to put on your travel list. That's coming up on the next Native America Calling. This Native American Heritage Month, remember, one in three Native American adults have high blood pressure. Check it at your nearest community health center. If the numbers are above 120 over 80, talk to a health care professional. Native community well-being is very important. You can take action by visiting heart.org slash hbpcontrol. This support provided in partnership with HHS slash OMH and HRSA under cooperative agreements CPIMP 2112-27 and CPIMP 2112-28. Thanks for tuning in to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Have you started your holiday shopping yet? We're talking with some Native retail businesses today and hearing what it takes to be successful in the fast-paced, highly competitive retail sales industry. We want to hear from our listeners today. What do you expect from a retailer this holiday season? Free shipping, big discounts, large selections? Give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. And we're speaking now with Angelo McCourse. He is the co-founder of Bison Star Naturals. He's Taos Pueblo. And Angelo, before break, you were sharing some of the different locations and venues where Bison Star products are sold. And it sounds like you folks have grown a lot since you started four years ago. And can you share um, percentage-wise how much sales have increased with, with Bison Star over the last four years? Sure. You know, so I'm happy to report that, you know, on the first, years it was kind of minimal just because we were limited to 
Um, our business experience was limited. We were just primarily focusing on online sales and retail sales. But as we grew and, um, you know, through networking, which I think is a valuable skill that I would just encourage any and all entrepreneurs to make sure to focus on, build those connections, talk to everybody you can, come to every event with a smile on your face and 110% energy, and you'll attract awesome partners who would like to, you know, know your story, share your story, and share your product, most importantly. So, yeah, I was definitely just mentioning about, you know, some of the retail locations you can find us. And like I was saying, if it has anything to do with, like, outdoor lifestyle, um, you know, a lot of folks really are attracted to Bison's uh, Our Naturals for that reason. Okay. And any tips for our listeners with regard to getting all their shopping done this holiday season? Yes, definitely. Um, like you were saying earlier, look out for all the free shipping. You know, Bison Star Naturals does free shipping on its products all year round. Um, that was just one of the um, tips for any entrepreneurs out there. You know, I feel that a lot of the time when folks fill up their cart, if they get to the end of the checkout and they see one price, but then they click one more time, then the shipping gets dropped in there. It might scare mm. them away. So free shipping is always a good perk uh, for the customer and for the small business if you can swing it. And then also... Um, you know, we definitely released some Black Friday uh, sales on our website. So go to our website, bisonstarnaturals.com, and you can find out, or any of our socials, um, you know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, at Bisonstar, and you can find all of our coupon codes to save some bucks for the to make your holiday shopping go a little farther. Angelo McCourse, co-founder of Bison Star Naturals. And Angelo, thanks again for joining us, and congratulations on this success. Again, you folks have been in business now since 2018. It sounds like the sky is the limit up there in Taos Pueblo. We've got another guest on the line now. Joining us from the Fort Yuma Quechan Reservation is Tudor Montag. He's the owner of Spirit Mountain Roasting Company. He's a member of the Fort Yuma Quechan Tribe. And a quick note of disclosure, Spirit Mountain Roasting is an underwriter for Native America Calling. Tudor, welcome to the show. Hey, Sean. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, Tudor, I got to ask, was there a line of eager shoppers camped outside Spirit Mountain Roasting at 5 a.m. this morning? <laughs> yeah, we got a pretty steady, um, steady order pace, I guess you could say. We our primary retail um, is our online sales, so we have our website. Um, the roaster here on the res is just uh, production, so we do our roasting, packaging, and then you know ship our our product out to our wholesale accounts and then our online sales. But yeah, it's been steady. You can definitely tell. Seems like as well, soon as the weather cools down, yeah, people start ordering coffee. Well, it sounds good, and I think online sales are just continuing to to take a bigger and bigger chunk every year of holiday shopping dollars, and it just doesn't seem like those those Black Friday deals are as big a deal like they used to be. I mean, I went by the Best Buy where I live yesterday afternoon. There wasn't anybody out there, and it used to be you'd see people laying out sleeping bags like as early as Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> is, is it changed there too? Yeah, you know, it seems to be. I think... You know, and I'm, I'm just taking a guess, you know, from COVID get to online, um, you know, options and, you know, everybody was doing Zoom and stuff like that. So I think it's just kind of uh, an after effect of COVID. You know, people do their shopping a lot of times online, so they, they don't have to deal with the madness, get out there, you know, amongst the big crowds and stuff. So I think that's kind of, you know, maybe a permanent shift. Who knows? We'll see. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely be be watching and, and waiting here and over the next few years to see if it just continues with, with more and more online sales and online deals. And Well, Tudor, tell us more about Spirit Mountain Roasting and why a coffee company? Yeah, so we're um, Spirit Mountain Roasting Companies. We're small batch um, specialty coffee roasters. So I focus on uh, specialty coffee, which is, um, if you think about like a uh, wine, uh, they got ratings for wine, you know, and the higher, the higher the rating, uh, the higher quality of the coffee. So we focus on specialty coffee, organically grown. Um, and I try to focus the coffees that I bring in to roast are, are selected from um, either, you know, women producers that are in Central or South America or um, sometimes indigenous communities that grow coffee. So really just wanted to support, um, you know, small producers, um, traditional growers in Central and South America and coffee's just a passion. Um, I love, you know, working with raw materials and creating something out of that, you know, taking the coffee seed and roasting it. Um, there's such a variety in coffee itself, you know, depending on the, the, the variety that you get, it's going to produce a different end product. So, you know, that's just my passion is just working with the coffee and being able to provide it to the community at a, at a, decent price you know like i said we do specialty coffee but i try to set our price point that's approachable for everybody um we're not you know putting the most expensive coffee out there the dollar way you know price point but it is specialty coffee so you know it's just a passion and i love that i'm doing it here on the reservation are all of your beans grown by indigenous farmers the majority are um the supplier that i work with they carry a broad range of coffee, but I make sure to, within their portfolio, I'll select um, if they're either indigenous growers or, like I said, women producers. Um, I just try to make sure that my dollars are going towards those types of producers. Um, so typically, 80 to 90 percent of the coffees that I carry are either women produced or indigenous. And how do you connect with those growers? I know coffee, you know, far into to South America, Central America. Is it tough to to communicate and, and, and get those shipments out on time, especially with the supply chain issues we've been talking about today? Yeah, you know, supply chain was a big a big issue for coffee because, um, like you mentioned, it's coming from you know such a far distance. Um, I work with an importer that's based out of uh, Portland, um, and I'm pretty proud of the fact that the importer that I work with. Um, they're a certified B corporation. So, you know, they've taken the steps to basically be audited by a third party to show that their, their business practices are above board. You know, they pay their producers, um, you know, more than the going rate in, in the coffee world. So they're the ones that do the, the heavy lifting of actually getting the raw coffee into the States. Um, so I work with them, but um, when COVID happened, definitely, supply chain issues like we were short on a lot of the coffees that we typically order had to wait much longer before the coffee got into port and was able to be shipped to us so yeah just navigating those you know those obstacles was tough but like i said you know i'm, I'm proud of the the supplier that i work with and um yeah just happy that we're able to get the coffee and get it roasted and get it out there well, I want to ask you more about the marketing angle of your business and specifically the advertising and, and, and how, how do you folks connect with, with your customers? Is it mostly through, through social media and websites or are you doing other types of promotions? How do you, how do you connect with, cause you're selling coffee all over the country. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, um, social media has been by far the biggest um, reach for us. You know, that's up until um, advertising with you guys. That's that's our first ad campaign, I guess, is just through you guys. So prior to that, it's been all social media and our website. And man, thankfully, sales have been great. You know, so it it, it does speak to the power of social media for sure. Um, a lot of people sometimes talk about the negative negative aspects but on the business side it's you know it's been it's what made us grow for sure um so yeah um but i think trying with the ad campaign with you guys that's kind of like our first step um we're going to start looking at probably expanding our reach um you know in the local radios stuff like that and see how it goes but yeah up until now social media has done it and tell us more uh, about your customers. Are you primarily focused on, on native customers or are you looking for, for larger customer bases? Who's kind of your core group that you focus on? You know, for, I guess, on the wholesale side of it, it's um, primarily native, native businesses that carry us. Like we have a cafe in Portland, Oregon, native woman-owned uh, cafe. There's a cafe in Southern California, also a native native owned um and then we have a couple of casinos that we're in so primarily our wholesale site is all native native customers but on the web we have such a wide range i mean all demographics um across the board and across the nation we even get um orders in canada um and we've shipped overseas as well so wholesale site is primarily native and then on the website it's you know all across the board and with all the other uh, gourmet coffee roasting companies out there, I'm thinking, you know, there's the big corporate brands, but then there are other folks such as yourselves that are taking a more grassroots approach. And there are other uh, native-owned coffee shops as well. And what do you have to do, Tudor, to, to really stand out and get people to, to notice Spirit Mountain Roasting? I think, you know, I think it's just how you tell your story. You know, we're we're pretty pretty upfront about who we are and, and what we're doing and why I think customers look for people that have put, you know, more effort into that creating their product, you know, not just the, like Angelo and you guys were talking about the, the mass produced products out there, you know, that saturates the market, but people are actually searching out, you know, quality, quality products um, and companies that have a story behind them. So, you know, it's, it's, the customer, I think, is more savvy. They're more aware, um, and they're more intentional with where they spend their dollars. So, if you have a, a solid story, you tell, you know, telling the customer what you're doing, why you're doing it. I think that goes a long way, for sure. The growth of the gourmet coffee industry is something that has really fascinated me because I'm old enough to remember when when everybody just pretty much drank Maxwell House and Folgers, and <laughs> that was pretty much what we grew up on. That was what it had in all the stores. And then I remember when like Dunkin' Donuts that was like considered like the most awesome coffee, you know, outside of anything. And then when mm -hmm. it's been within what like the last I guess twenty some years, it's just completely exploded. And um, and that trend, I mean, do you see that just continuing to grow in the coming years? I mean, how much bigger can, can the gourmet coffee market really get, do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting to see the growth and, and to see how much it's continuing to grow. I think there is, um, space, um, for even more specifically like, uh, minority owned roasters, uh, native roasters for sure. Um, the coffee market is huge and I think. I may be 
see if I'm saying it right, but I think coffee was behind, uh, I think, as a commodity, oil, the second largest, um, you know, commodity out there or, or industry. So it's it's wild, man. I definitely think there's room to grow. Um, kind of my issue, too, that Angelo talked about is, is going out of our space. You know, I'm already past capacity in the existing roastery that I have, so I'm, I need to expand. So that's kind of my next phase is expanding the roastery. Um, we're going to be opening a cafe next year here on the reservation. So, yeah, definitely I see growth ahead. And, and for others that are interested in getting into the industry, you know, do it. Mm-hmm. Well, Tudor, in addition to being a business owner this holiday shopping season, you're also a consumer as well. And I know you have a, a holiday mm-hmm. shopping list. So what are your thoughts from the consumer side of it? Do you have any strategies or any any plans for how you're going to purchase gifts this year for your family and loved ones? You know, um, probably mostly online as well. Um, we've done a lot of our shopping already, and it's just all online because it's convenient, you know. Um, but same thing, I, when I purchase a product, I want to look at where it's coming from, who's making it. Um, so just, you know, be thorough if you're going to get some gifts, um, think about where it comes from, who made it. Um, yeah, that's, that's how kind of how we approach it. And that's what I continue to do. One thing I noticed, and, and Angela was talking about how to how to take advantage of free shipping earlier, and I see now pretty much every website offers what they call these point of sale loans or these pay in for loans, like from companies like Affirm, and where you can you know just buy like a even for a small amount, you can break it down into three or four payments. And um, is that something you folks offer there um, through Spirit Mountain? Those point of sale loans like that or any other kind of creative financial products to, to help boost sales? Um, we don't do that. Um, I think because you can purchase a, a bag of coffee or, you know, we have a pretty low entry point. We don't sell a high dollar product, um, but we do offer, I think something that a lot of people like are, are electronic gift cards. Um, so they can go on the website and purchase an electronic gift card that, they the code gets sent to whoever they purchase it for and they can use it. It's really convenient. Um, we see that's pretty popular. So I think that's, that kind of gets a lot of attention from people. But yeah, that's, that's about that. Well, that sounds interesting. And then on your end, is it um, any easier or simpler to process those, those digital gift card payments as opposed to credit cards and debit cards? How's it work on your end? Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. The, um, you know, the gifter will, will put a dollar amount and they'll purchase. So that'll come to us automatically. And then the um, person will come back to the website and select whichever coffees they want. So it's pretty straightforward, easy to do. Um, yeah, it makes life easy for us on that side, for sure. Now, Tudor, as I understand it, you, you started out as a brewer. And while brewing, you, you learned more about roasting coffee. And, and when did you make that switch from, from being a brewer to a roaster? Yeah, I was actually, um, so I was in the, on the path to um, get a brewery started. And so I'd been home brewing for dude, over 10 years when I was kind of formulating my business plan and putting things together. And I took, went to a brewing school, professional brewing school. Um, one of the courses was covering how they roast the brewing grains to get the darker beers, you know, and they talked about how similar it is to coffee. They showed the roasters and you know, that kind of clicked something in my mind right there. I was like, Hey, you know, I love coffee too. It's just kind of thinking about it. And then, um, I was putting the business plan together for the brewery and just the, 
you know, the capital needed to, to start the brewery was beyond my reach at the time. So kind of put that on the back burner and then started looking in, at coffee, um, looked at roasters and purchased a small two kilo roaster and just kind of dove down the roasting rabbit hole. Um, just got into it seriously, started roasting. Um, and I think the, the brewing, some of the principles of brewing um, helped me to transition to roasting a little easier. So I understood some concepts, you know, working with energy, heat, you know, just, just the process. And, and again, like I said, I like to create something out of raw materials. So it's just, um, like I said, I dove down the roasting rabbit hole and uh, uh, here I am today. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tudor, congratulations on your success as well. Tudor Montag, owner of Spirit Mountain Roasting Company. And anyone listening today who has any questions about holiday shopping this year, looking for tips and strategies, give us a call, 1-800-99-NATIVE. Do you have a holiday checklist? Make sure it includes avoiding the latest holiday scams. Scammers count on you being too busy and distracted to pay attention. But research shows if you know about a scam, you're 80% less likely to engage in it. Visit aarp.org slash holiday scams to get up-to-date tips on charity scams, online shopping scams, package scams, and more. That's aarp.org slash holiday scams. AARP supports this show. You're tuned in to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. The holiday shopping season officially kicks off today. What's on your shopping list? What gifts are best purchased from a Native retailer? We're getting perspectives from some Native retailers today and learning what makes them unique to holiday shoppers. So give us a call at 1-800-996-2848 if you want to join the conversation. That number is also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Our phone lines are open, so feel free. Give us a call. We'll get you on the air. We have a, a third guest on the show now. Joining us is Megan Schnitger. She's the owner and founder of Lakota Made LLC. She is Sikanju Lakota. Megan, welcome to Native America Calling. Uh, thank you for having me. Well, you bet, Megan. And here it is, Black Friday, but I understand you're not working today. Biggest shopping day of the year for many people. What's going on? Why aren't you at work? Oh, we gave everyone the holiday off. Um, at work, we have our online store that's always open 24-7, but our retail store is closed so that, you know, our our employees and my mostly my family um, can enjoy the holiday at home. Um, our store is located in Mankato, Minnesota, and I come from um, Milk's Camp, South Dakota, which is like six hours away. And so uh, my brothers work for me. And so in order for us to make the, the parents happy, I had to give everyone the, <laughs> the weekend off so we could all have Thanksgiving together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure your employees, your family members slash employees will really appreciate that generosity to give them that flexibility and, and have that day after Thanksgiving as a time where they can relax and, and travel and do what they have to do. So uh, that's really cool that you're able to do that, Megan. And I want to ask you also, because we're hearing so many different projections for holiday sales this year. Some are good. Some are saying, oh, it's going to be not such a great holiday season. So what's your thought, Megan? Are you gearing up for a big holiday season this year? 
Uh, we always have. Uh, this is our, our fourth holiday season, um, and we've learned from previous holiday seasons, um, don't go in with too many expectations because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> and so we have, you know, we go in and we go in prepared. We make sure we had, you know, we've been, we ramped up making um, all of our products for the last few months. So we have a significant back stock um, and our shippers are ready to go. We hired more help for the holiday season. Um, and yeah, we're just, we're actually pretty excited for it. Um, we are in a bigger retail location than last year, significantly bigger, like 10 times bigger. So um, yeah, we're, we're pretty excited for it. Tell us more about Lakota Made LLC. How many employees do you have? When did the business start and, and what's your specialty? Um, uh, Lakota Made started in late 2019 and so yeah 2019 and we do um, herbal products and so we do um, wild harvested plant medicinals so tinctures tonics salves medicinal salves Um, we do uh, honey syrups we do um, cologne balms we do shampoo bars conditioner bars lotion bars Uh, we do anything eco-friendly and personal care and so we have lots of hair oils facial oils body oils massage oils Um, it's basically the the idea of uh, Lakota made um, was I was making products at home for my family and I have for 20 some years um, since I learned how to make all this stuff and um, my husband was like, well, I was a stay-at-home mom at the time, and he was like, well, I want you to, you know, have a have more of a hobby than, you know, cleaning the house seven times a day <laughs> and rearranging <laughs> the pictures on the wall. And I was like, okay. So, and he was, you know, we were talking while I was making salves, uh, diaper salves for our family, and he was like, well, why don't you sell this stuff? And I'm like, because nobody's going to buy it. Nobody knows what this is, or, you know, people can make this by themselves. And he's like, no, people can't make this by themselves. They don't know what plants to use. They don't know any about this stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. So after some uh, conversations with him, because I, you know, I was like, I don't know anything about retail. I come from the nonprofit world. Um, you know, my whole adult life was nonprofit world. This is my first um, for-profit business. And um, so I decided I'd try it out. Um, it took him like six months of convincing me that I that I could do this. Um, and I finally made some products, posted on my personal personal Facebook page, and I sold them right away. And then it kind of grew from there. We did lots of vendor shows. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, all of our vendor shows got um, canceled. And so I had to learn how to Facebook, and I learned had to learn how to website um, because I'm not a very techie person at all. And uh, I learned how to do those things, and I learned how to do um, social media ads and Google ads, and that's kind of where we really took off. And so a big basis of our um, sales is online. And so um, that's it. got a huge growth on there. We have a pretty good uh, social media following. Um, and that's, yeah, that's so we're not too worried about having the store closed today because we do have Shop Small Saturday tomorrow. Um, that's pretty big in downtown Mankato. And so that's uh, the day where we, we ramp up, you know, and have the store open for um, Shop Small Saturday. So your husband was the one that inspired you. Hey, you could you could make these, you could sell these online, you could build a business out of this. And here you were, Megan, a, a new entrepreneur just three years ago. And and are there are there a lot of resources for for native owned retail businesses like yours? Grants, training, technical assistance? Because everything you're describing, you had to learn from the ground up: the social media, the inventory, 
hiring people, managing a workforce. That's a lot of skills to have to put together in a short period of time. It, it is, and there's not a lot of um, Native-centered um, resources out there for me. When I first started, I heavily relied on our small business development center in, um, uh, through the local university, um, MNSU. And I, did, I still hang on to them. Uh, my business advisor is um, you know, <laughs> still pushing me along and reminding me of, of tasks to do. Um, but there wasn't a lot of resources. There was a lot of YouTube videos. Um, there was a lot of trial and error um, as far as like business things to, uh, on how to really run the business. My husband has been an entrepreneur since his early 20s. Um, and so he's had, but he was construction. <laughs> he can build you a skyscraper or a doghouse, but a retail thing was completely new. So for us, that was that was like, okay, well, here we go. <laughs> oh, geez, build a doghouse. Maybe uh, I don't know some specialty products for for dogs or something like that. Maybe you folks can find some overlap there and and, and help each other out. But no, this is just a, a really fascinating story and. And Megan, you, you've got a, a family and um, just on your own. I mean, how, how are you going to balance all of this, this business that's booming? And then you've got children and a husband and you've got your own holiday shopping to do and, and everything that goes into the holiday season. How do you find time to, to wear so many hats? Well, I f- function very well with adult ADHD, and so it doesn't take much for me to get distracted or multitask. Um <laughs> And so my employees understand that, and so um, they're very task-oriented, um, and they get a lot of things done. They, my kids, they're very helpful. Um, I have seven daughters, um, two stepdaughters that um, are part-time, and so I have five daughters in the home. The oldest one at home is 11. The youngest one just turned four months. Um, it takes a lot of um, kind of taking that 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 ADHD mental health and instead of using it as a crutch using it as a superpower and being like well I can't stay on task very well so I can devote 10 15 minutes to each task that I have to do for work um, and then I move on and I can do that while I'm holding the holding and feeding the baby and you know have mom Tourette's and like get out of there stop that don't do that don't climb on that please don't jump off the counter you know <laughs> and <laughs> It's uh, multitasking. It's using, you know, mental health as a as a superpower instead of a crutch. And so that's really what a huge basis of me being sober for seven, almost 18 years now is, is like not using my mental health as something as a, as a disability, but um, knowing my triggers and using all of it to help me instead of hinder me. Well, congratulations on, on 18 years of sobriety. And I was on your website, the Lakota Made website, and I, I noticed there were syrups and um, different types of um, ointments and things like that from a health perspective. And so you've got the retail store there. And then to manufacture all of these products, are, are you doing that there on site or do you have a separate facility or do you outsource that stuff? Where's it made? It's all made in our 2,332 square foot building. And so we have two other makers besides myself. um, And we make everything that is on the website. We make it in, you know, 
smaller batches, so about 100 products at a time um, per batch, depending upon the product. Sometimes we only come out with 20 tinctures at a time. And so um, it's all made in there. It's all locally sourced. Um, and so we do our best to make sure that, you know, we're not stuck on a, a, a freight freight tinkered ship somewhere out in the sea. <laughs> well, give us a breakdown. Like, what is a typical workday like for you, Megan? Are are you there making these products? Are you working with customers? Are you like doing fulfillment and shipping? How does it break down? How many hours a day do you work, too? About sixteen hours a day, um, and it starts at five thirty in the morning. Um, and I get myself up and showered, and then I get my kids up and going. When my kids are getting ready for school, I'm answering emails, um, checking um, the Shopify, our website host, um, for orders, and making sure that the, um, my brother Mitch, um, who's our second command, um, has the make list out for the day. Uh, we know what products need to be made, um, and then also making sure that he's. Uh, keeping on top of the labelers. We have a couple labelers that come in and they label all of our products. Um, and then my other brother, Mitt, or Michael, he's my youngest brother. He's in, he's the shipping manager. And so I coordinate with him like, hey, I received this. Um, someone's missing their product or the address needs to be changed on this order. And so having conversations with them right away in the morning, then I get my kids to school, um, dropped off to daycare. And then I head to the shop um, and I see what I need to do that day, whether I'm sitting and answering emails, talking to the accountant and making uh, business meetings um, or I'm making, uh, we're coming up with new recipes, um, talking with staff about, you know, okay, well, this you know, this is, you know, a lot of experiments. We do a lot of experiments as far as when it comes to herbal products because we come up with our recipes ourselves. So it's a lot of trial and error. Um, and so we have a few different experiments going on here and there. Um, we also have a makeup line, uh, natural makeup line that just launched. And so um, my day is pretty much filled until 2.30 with uh, Lakota made stuff. I pick up my kids um, from school and then I go home and answer or more emails, um, schedule stuff. I also have a nonprofit where I do after school programming in our community. And so Mondays and Thursdays, I do after school programming. Um, and then we make dinner and I ans uh, answer more emails. And then it's bedtime at 830 <laughs> for the kids. And <laughs> and, I, and eat. if I don't fall on my face from exhaustion, then I sit there and I answer emails in bed or <laughs> fill up my calendar and schedule stuff. So that's kind of a typical day. And then you wake up the next day and do it all over again, it sounds like. And yep. so, Megan, what's the, what's the big picture here, the, the, the long-term plan are, with your kids? Are you hoping at, at some point that um, this will be a business that you can pass on to your children and, and they can continue this, you can create a legacy, a family business that lasts through the generations? Absolutely. So the idea is to continue to expand this and open up more stores um, in Minnesota and South Dakota. Um, and then there's also a few things that we have to outsource. And so we um, buy our sunflower oil from a, a Minnesota farmer. And then we also have to buy plant glycerin because we're alcohol free. And so um, I would like to like move those those um, items that we purchase or we have to outsource. Um, and I'd like to move move manufacturing and open up manufacturing um, the, of those items um, on the reservation so that we can create jobs on the reservation. And then everything is indig like 100% solely indigenous made. Um, 
and then teaching, you know, cultural and having more harvesters out on the reservation for our plants that we use. Um, it's, you know, there's lots of expansion ideas um, and then creating a legacy. I, w I would like to create um, something for my great, great grandchildren um, to manage when they grow up. Um, and helping Indigenous communities revitalize language and culture um, and history and being able to um, change the world because some of our, our um, South Dakota reservations are, um, you know, third world country status and have 90 some percent um, unemployment rates. And I would like to help um, and be a change for that and not just, you know, worry about my family, but worry about all the other families um, that are affected by uh, unemployment rates on the reservations. Well, Megan, we're going to have to wrap up the show here uh, in a short bit, probably about another minute. But before we do, I, I want to ask you, because we've had three native businesses on the show today, Bison Star Naturals, Spirit Mountain Roasting Company, and now your business, Lakota Made LLC. And what do people need to understand uh, about native-owned businesses such as yours and the others on the show today? What have we not talked about that people need to understand before we wrap up? Um, that native, native, you know, supporting native owned businesses is really important because we've been, you know, swept under the rug for the past, you know, 250 years. Our history hasn't been told. Um, you know, we've been held down by, um, you know, government rations and, and reservations. And now that we're being able to, you know, build our platform um, to tell our stories, that it's really important that we, you know, um, support each other, um, support other indigenous businesses um, help each other out with advice and tasks and um, you know it's it's important that we you know pay pay our worth and not ask you know always ask for a discount or something like that but you know make sure that you know we're able to keep food on the table for our, our owners and our employees and so that's that's my that's my uh, soapbox. <laughs> All righty. All righty. Well, sure. Appreciate you coming on the show today, Megan. And, and I want to congratulate you as well on your success. And folks, we are going to have to wrap up. But before we do, big thanks to our three guests today, Angelo McCorse, Tudor Montag, and Megan Schnitger. We appreciate you all joining us to share your tips, insights, and wisdom for shoppers this holiday season. We're back next week with a whole new lineup of Indigenous topics and guests. Hope you'll join us. Our executive producer is Art Hughes. Our producers are Andy Murphy and Sol Traverso. Marino Spencer is the engineer with support this week from Roman Garcia. Show McPollin is the digital producer. Nola Daves Moses is the distribution director. Bob Peterson is the network manager for Native Voice One. Clifton Chadwick is our national underwriting sales director. Antonia Gonzalez is the anchor for National Native News. Charles Sather is our Chief Operations Officer. The President and CEO of Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation is Jacqueline Salee. I'm Sean Spruce. Have a safe weekend. Support for the menu comes from Spirit Mountain Roasting Company, a small batch specialty coffee roaster located on the Fort Yumaquatsan Reservation. Information and online ordering at spiritmountainroasting.com slash news. Program support by Penguin Random House, publisher of Finding My Dance by Rhea Thundercloud, a picture book celebrating the author's journey from childhood powwows to professional dancing. More on this and other stories at prh.com slash stories of the land.
Enroll in your healthcare coverage through CMS today. Keep your healthcare protected all year long. Contact your local Indian healthcare provider for more information. Visit healthcare.gov or call 1-800-318-2596 or messages from Center for Medicare and Medicaid Service. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.